Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So there's a misconception that if you're single, you are incomplete perhaps damaged, salvaged, and you won't be happy until you find your one. And that is not true. That is bullshit. It is a message that has been fed to us by media and advertising. The truth is, when you're single, you have the richest soil for growth. That's why I created this podcast. And unlike other podcasts, this one is host-driven, not guest-driven. That means I will be rotating health and wellness experts three times a week to give you the giant box of wellness crayons not just the primary colors, so you can start building a meaningful life. It's time to give singlehood a cape. So today's host, Lindsay Burke, she and I go way back, back when I was working in addiction, residential, Malibu, driving my little motorcycle on PCH to help people with addiction, and she was on my team. I'm so happy that she is a part of this rotating host and experts for this podcast. Lindsay Burke is the founder of Lift Therapy, and she's a licensed therapist, behavior interventionist, coach, martial artist, yes, martial artist, a wife, a parent, and expert consultant on attachment, narcissism, and toxic relationships, as well as early childhood development. Yes, she does everything. And she believes that human connection is the best medicine and is committed to helping people heal by helping them develop healthy attachments with others. Her mission is to enhance the field of mental health by making support and resources more accessible to you in the form of psychoeducation, supportive programming, and individual therapy. Lindsay has served as a host for the Disney Plus show Reconnect and as an advisor and expert writer for various newspapers, podcasts, and radio shows such as the Chicago Tribune, Relation Up, P-Therapy, Life and Style Magazine, Pop Sugar, and on and on and on. She is very talented. She's a powerful catalyst, and I hope you enjoy. Well, I know you're going to enjoy and get so much out of her episode today. Hi, I am Lindsay Burke here, and I have such the honor today to bring on my guest, Tina Hegna, for our show. I am so excited for you all to meet her. Tina is a personal trainer, a CPA, a mompreneur, and she's a mom of three boys whoo, and a dog and uh, married to her high school sweetheart, which we are really going to get a chance to get into today. She is a passionate leader, a mentor, and a personal trainer. It takes knowing her for about an hour to find out that she's a diehard Minnesota Vikings fan. She's a runner who, if I remember correctly, has completed at least one marathon Mm -hmm. and um, a wine and travel enthusiast, a super Hallmark movie fan, a dreamer of all the ways to impact lives in a deep and meaningful way. And she is now a multi-unit owner of three, not one, three burn boot camps, um, which is a a fitness franchise in which she and her team aim to impact thousands of lives in the health and wellness space. She herself transformed when she started a burn boot camp um, 
as a member and now wants to help others, especially women and girls, to achieve their own happiness and confidence, to unlock their own unique gifts and fulfill their own personal whys, as she likes to put it. And she truly believes that you really can have it all, um, which I love because uh, I had a mentor always say, you can have it all, not always at once, but you can have it all. And I, I remember that really stuck with me. Uh, there is so much Tina and I could talk about, and I'd love to have you back another time for future conversations. But what we've decided to focus on is the foundation today. Um, we're talking to a lot of people who are either at the beginning of their journey of trying to find a partner, trying to figure out what they want to do in life. How do they grow? How do they evolve into the versions of themselves that they want to be? Or um, many are coming out of a divorce or kind of entering a second stage of life where their children are, are growing up a bit and they're having that moment of Mm, I'm, I, I want to do this again. And they're, they're kind of starting over. And so either way, I think your story is going to really have an impact on our audience today. Um, so I, I, I want to begin with how things started out before all of these titles yes. <laughs> were at the end of your name, um, how you started out as this little young pup with your husband as well, uh, trying to figure out life and what you wanted to do and what you were passionate about. Uh, Tina is what I like to call a relationship veteran. Uh, like myself, like I mentioned, she met her spouse at a super young age. Um, so since then, you two have lived so many different varying seasons of life, um, many moons together. And uh, what I really appreciate, appreciate about your story in particular and why I felt it was important to bring you on this show is for several reasons, actually. Uh, one it's not been linear for you. It hasn't been a simple story. It hasn't been an easy story. And you two have had numerous major, hugely differing seasons of life, including college, kids, a few major moves and job changes. You've had uh, total, total lifestyle changes. Um, some big ones that are often in my experience major relationship breakers, things that really put people to the test and, and um, curveballs that can break even some of the most solid love, as we like to put it, the most solid yes. relationships and people who have ultimately a strong foundation at the beginning. These are things that really would put the strongest of people to the test. And, um, and then second of all, to top those off, you two bought into a franchise together and have since opened up numerous additional uh, branches during COVID. <laughs> um, and so you're business owners together. It's not like you get to divide and conquer, go to work, come back. I imagine you've learned your own divide and conquer, but you've, you're not only running a, a, a marriage together, you're running a family together, pretty big family. And then you're also running business, multiple businesses together. So it is, I imagine pulling from everything you both have, <laughs> all the resources, all the tools that the tools were there, they had to be built to survive this. And so I think this is going to be just so huge for our audience to hear what, how you make this work. How do you do this? Um, how do you get through? Um, what is it like when, when it's not so good and how you manage those days? Um, I imagine you have a few. And um, so let's start maybe telling us a little bit about the timeline Tina, of when you and your husband met, um, where you are now, um, so the audience can get a little bit of an idea of this wild ride you and your spouse have been on. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's, it's been a ride. It is a journey. That's my biggest life lesson I've probably learned um, that is applied to so many areas of your life is that it, it's just a journey. Um, and that was something I didn't know as a young child. I thought you became an adult and then you just had life figured out and then you just did it. Um, and that couldn't be farther from the truth. <laughs> so our our relationship, yeah. you know, is its own kind of entity and, and that's a journey and it's still a journey. Yes. You know, we haven't reached the finish line of like, well, now we've got it all figured out. So now we just get to go on and be married, you know, because every every season of every year it's it's a new challenge or we as individual people are learning and growing as well. So I, I do love our story. Um, 20 years together, over 20 years together now at this point. Wow, so has it been? Before we started dating, yeah, we were um, we were together for five years and then we got married. So we've been married for 15 oh um, together for 20. So I remember the day I, I knew who my husband was. We were in middle school. Um, you were in we didn't middle have a school? Class to, we were. We were in middle school, northern Minnesota, small town. Um, I, I saw him walking through the middle school. I love telling the story. It could be almost his own separate <laughs> podcast to talk about, but, um, he was wearing these green jeans and I love telling the story for so many reasons because one of the first things that attracted me to him based on him wearing green jeans in middle school, yeah. where, you know, judgment up and down all day long as people are learning <laughs> about themselves and what's cool and what's not. Totally. But I thought, wow, that man has confidence. And that was probably the first attractive thing. I mean, I think he's quite good looking and charming and everything else as well, (laughs) but confidence. I learned so much from him and his confidence. So Mm. anyway, that's what caught my eye, the green jeans and his confidence. Um, But our friendship didn't actually evolve until much later in high school. Uh, Going into our senior year, he was a football player and I thought I was going to be or go into physical therapy. And so I was a trainer for the football team. So I would travel with the team. I'd be on the sidelines, taping ankles, all that kind of stuff. So we were spending a lot of time together. Um, Our relationship Mm. evolved from there college some of it was together some of it was apart so that's where we started kind of volleying back and forth of how do we do distance sometimes and things like that um we got married oh, after wow. college so that was um 2007 and we were living so were in Colorado separate. at the time can I interrupt you really quickly you you were yes. apart for a period of time we were um and how again like so that? many yeah. details in in the journey but you know he went into the military for a short bit that ultimately didn't work out um so we were you know apart for that period of wow. time and then we went to the same college for um a bit and then when he changed his career aspirations truly bringing his passion to mm-hmm. the forefront another thing i really learned from him is, um, you know, what he went after. So he went to Denver first while I stayed in Minnesota for college. And then I went out to Denver after I graduated. So kind of the second point that we were apart for a little while. Um, so he went to school there. I started my career there. When he graduated college, we moved to Los Angeles. So we were, we were in Denver for about three and a half years. And then we were in Los Angeles for about six and a half years. And of course, that's where we met you and your husband. Um, in Los Angeles really focused both of us on our careers. And so that was another pivotal change in our journey in that, okay, now we aren't just kids anymore. We aren't students really anymore. And now we are quote unquote, just working and trying to build up, you know, experience and, and that sort of thing. Um, Next 
phase of life happened. Um, we were 30. We had our first kids. We had twins. That was a surprise to us, um, natural and a shock. <laughs> um, yes. And, and, and they were born. I, I can't, I, I look back now, especially now having my own kids, um, that thinking <laughs> I, I would have shown up every day. <laughs> I just wish I'd supported you so much more. I have so much regret around that because I just think I can't even imagine. Right. And you, you don't know until you know, you know, we didn't know when our, when our friends were going through having their first children and and things like that. Nothing can prepare you as much as you need to be prepared for that. Uh, So, so then twins, they were born premature um, by a couple of months. And so we had a lot of challenges that we just had to figure out how to work through together. But ultimately, living in Los Angeles, we didn't have any family around us. We had, you know, a great village, but still the living in Los Angeles was um, different than how we had envisioned it being for that chapter of our life. So we did move back to Minnesota at that time with the kids um, and maybe a year, a little over a year. After we moved uh, back to Minnesota, that's when I found Burn Boot Camp and really started um, Mm -hmm. before really learning about Burn. It was just kind of this um, serendipitous timing of self-reflection on my own and realizing I need to do something that fills my cup and takes care of me that's independent of everything else. You know, you can't pour from an empty cup. And so I needed to invest in myself first. And then it was just perfect timing to learn what Burn Boot Camp was. And so I started working on me, which was beautiful. And that was also a change in our, uh, you know, daily routine and that sort of thing that I'm now taking time for myself every day. And that's just so important. I will preach, I will preach yeah. that all day long yeah. um, to take time for yourself. But then a few months after working out a great routine, getting in the best shape of my life, that's when I learned that Burn Boot Camp was a franchise and it unlocked or or rather like pieced together part of me that was missing and that mm-hmm. I always wanted to be an entrepreneur and this company and its mission and the values just were perfect for what I wanted to do to, you know, yeah. put my put my why into play um, and, and truly unlock that part of me. And so I had to go to my husband and say, I really want to do this. And I've had a lot of ideas and I still have a lot of ideas. Um, I can't do it all at once, but I will in my lifetime. Yes. And. And so this was something that maybe my husband thought was going to fizzle and go away. Um, some of my other ideas and it did not. And, you know, we, we opened one and then COVID happened and somehow I convinced him we should do more. <laughs> and so now I we have. I can't believe he got on board. <laughs> he still doesn't believe that he got I'm on sure. board. But, right. So, so now we have a very full life and we, we have a lot of hats that we wear together um, or, you know, at the same time and a lot of things that we juggle, we sit down every Sunday for sure, but sometimes it's every day and we look at our family calendar and we just walk through how are we going to do this day or this week and, you know, kind of get on the same page with with all of that. I love that. So you, you know, that was one thing I would preach my husband and I do it um, and I'm, you know, working with couples, we talk about having like a, you know, 
team meeting. We literally have team meetings mm-hmm. <laughs> where yes. we sit down and, you know, there's so many things you think about throughout even the day and throughout the week. And if we bombard each other, it, it distracts each other in our focus and, or it's bad timing and you're going to get each other when you're not in the mood to talk about certain things or when you're not really in the headspace to make a good decision on something. So we would, we save it for our team meetings. And so that's awesome. So you and Harlan do something like that too, just to just to plan and and look at the calendar and and get on the same page. Did you yes, always have necessary. that or is that is that relatively no. new? I would say in the last year, I think when we really brought our our one location to 3 almost overnight, all of a sudden our calendar just exploded and then the timing with our parenting journey and the age of our kids getting involved in things we we have a lot of tracks to keep on track i should say we have yeah. a lot of cars moving and people needing to be at certain places and it all has to fit together somehow and sure uh, sure the so last year i would to... say was was pivotal mm-hmm. really needed to make that change well to rewind a little bit and backtrack at evernorth health services we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Since you've been through some of these phases, sometimes I, f- I find that there are certain parts of the relationship or certain seasons of the relationship where you two can kind of, I call it the parallel play, you know, that you two do your dances and you come back together and the aspects of it are pretty easy. What were one of the big first periods in, in your relationship where you both realized we need to get on the same page or we need to figure out how to support each other. We need to do things differently. Like we don't have the tools and we actually have to figure something else out. Do you remember some of those early stages of when the tests began? <laughs> I I think there's probably a few like smaller ones that kind of go under the theme of our life is just different than how we saw marriage growing up. And so, Mm. you know, when we were young and in high school, I mean, we are figuring ourselves out and how does life really work and and those sorts of things. I feel like that was still fairly normal. And we were, you know, lucky in some ways, but very intentional in other ways of growing together and leaning on each other for that. So I don't think that stood out as like any kind of like pain points or like revelations through a challenge of what ne- what wasn't working. It just kind of had its own natural challenges within. Um, but but really when we started. For you, even if there were differences, you felt like you could really support each other and lean on each other. Yes. In those ways. But then I think going into, um, you know, broadly kind of marriage and, you know, kind of the growing up stuff is a little behind us in terms of, you know, now we just have our careers that we work on now. Mm-hmm. And we have some sort of home that we're going to take care of together. You know, there was certain things that we had to learn of like, oh, growing up, you know, the wife did this and the husband did this. But I'm here saying, well, I I don't want to do that. Like, why should I have to do that? So some of like kind of breaking down those stereotypes that we weren't necessarily 
pointing fingers and kind of saying how it necessarily should be, but they were things that we had to talk about. In fact, I still remember a conversation when Harlan realized, I don't like landscaping. So we bought this house when we moved back to Minnesota and, and it looked beautiful, like nicely landscaped. And then we had to maintain that and upkeep with that. And he really assumed that that was going to be me because I must've made some comment that the landscaping's really nice. And my parents have great landscaping and gardens that they take care of on their own. Mm -hmm. So we had to have a conversation that said, I, I actually don't enjoy that. If it were up to me, I would rip it all out and put in plastic plants. And I still say that to this day, but we had to get on the same page about like, how was this really, you know, going to work? And, and similarly, you know, kind of that next shift in how we do life together is becoming parents. And, you know, his family was, um, or, or maybe his dad was like a little more old school where like the mom was definitely the caretaker for the children. And, and we've just shared the roles on everything and there's no reason why it has to be one or the other. I mean, biology always wins. So of course I carried the baby, I fed the baby, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but other things, if biology didn't matter for survival, then we're, we're going to talk about it (laughs) and we're going to debate and decide Mm -hmm. who is best equipped to do it. You know, who has the strengths or the interest or just simply someone's got to do it. So, you know, I would say stuff sometimes like, do you want to clean the bathroom or do you want to vacuum the floors? Yeah. Someone's going to do one. Divide and conquer this. (laughs) Yes. 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 I love that. I love that. Yeah. Where some things you don't really get a choice in life. Um, and I, I really like that you mentioned it's not just your strengths, but also who enjoys it. Yes. That, that takes a lot of having conversation and a lot of breaking down assumptions about what the roles were, are. And it, it, it even takes years. I like that it, it sounds like earlier on before it really became any kind of deal breaker, you two had kind of figured out certain aspects of, of one another's personalities because you naturally fall into roles. And I, I remember a pivotal point in our marriage where he just did certain things because he thought that's what his job was. You know, that's, sure. that was his role. That's what his dad did. That's what his grandfather did, you know, exactly. that was just, and same. And it's like, no, but that's what I love to do. I, I will, I will take care of all of that. I don't mind to, it, it's not boring to me. It's not tedious and vice versa. You know, let me take that off your plate. But if you'll do this other thing, because I hate it, <laughs> just yes. recalibrating, you know, and, and rewriting the rules for your relationship and what it, what the expectations need to be around it. Absolutely. And I'm also so independent and, you know, probably some, some bit of competitiveness goes into this as well, but I like Mm -hmm. to prove that I can do anything he can do. So kind of going back to, I don't feel there should be any difference in um, opportunities or, or, you know, any, any opportunity in life. Um, There, there shouldn't be a difference for anything other than, biologically having those limitations. So for example, most of the time men are stronger than women. So at my peak shape of fitness and my husband's, he will probably always be able to lift heavier than me, but that's biology. Like our, that's just how our bodies work, but I should be able to know how to snow blow the driveway as well. I probably need to be taught, but then I can do it. And I'm going to show you that I can do it, you know, just as good. Um, or technology, yeah. you know, that's definitely an area that has just been yeah. his, but sometimes I just like to be able to prove that I can do it. Yes. Yeah. Well, and you can, I mean, just like those things, 
I, again, whether it's strength, physical strength, or even, you know, my husband can do the bills. It's going to take him seven hours Yes, <laughs> when I can do it too, yes. <laughs> because he's going to have to figure it out and get organized and, you know, right. You know, it's just leaning on each other's strengths and skill sets. And I, I love that too. There's, there's a lot of competition and, and I, I love buying into some of the, the conversation about it, but the gender split and, and the gender roles where that there are genders <laughs> and there are different strengths and weaknesses, but still there's so much diversity and range within that. And yes. it's, again, the physical stuff I like to do. I prefer to do more, but you figure out what where that goes. I would rather do that thing for longer, even though it would take him less time. Right. But then learning like biology, you know, he needs to lift things more for you at, at a certain point in your pregnancy. Right. Um, and so just and and that I really like that you name uh, that flexibility as well for you to have the conversations and be able to recalibrate those rules as well, that for this period of time, this may work. And now we have to be able to adapt to the changes and adjust to the changes as well. That flexibility of, well, this is just how we decided it. That might not work. It worked when you were in college and then it didn't work when you had kids. And then it might work again later after your kids are a little bit older. So a little bit of that value and flexibility. Absolutely. And, and just like everything in life, I mean, you have to communicate. And, and one person might realize communication is necessary before the other. And, you know, as soon as you start feeling like, you know, something shifted, I think we need to get back on the same page again, having the, the courage and the confidence to bring that up. Cause they're not usually, you know, super comfortable and enjoyable conversations when it is kind of a, a shift in responsibility or kind of the way the playbook is going to work now. So just knowing when that communication has to happen and then, to make it productive and, you know, same team. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I mean, yes, yeah, same team. We say that. We will say that when we're at each other's throats. <laughs> we're like, I want to kill this. And we're like, same team, same team. He's on my side. <laughs> exactly. Don't kill him. You need him. Yes. <laughs> He's a good, good man. That too. That too. <laughs> <laughs> I have to remind myself. <laughs> um, but no, I'm really glad you mentioned that too. Um, coming from that more, that place of more personal responsibility, uh, some of the baggage that we bring into the relationship too. I, you, you say it very, in a very PC way, this, you know, idea of communicating and getting mm -hmm. back on the same team and uh, it being unpleasant conversations. I don't know about yours. Maybe yours are a little more PC than mine. Ours started out terrible. We were both, I'm the one, I'm the worst. <laughs> I'm the fiery, fiery one. And he's the polar opposite. He stonewall and disappear and, you know, doesn't want to have the conversation at all. And so I'm like, you know, the blaze of fire. Um, so we both realized, okay, we bring this. That's what I had to be to survive in my family. That's what he had to be to survive in his corporate, you know, family yep. upbringing. Um, but what was some of that early baggage that you brought to the table? And, you know, you don't have to share his necessarily, but that you brought <laughs> to that you both realized we got to do this differently. We've got to figure out how to, I, I can do this. And even if I'm right, I realized I'm not effective. Mm -hmm. I'm not effective. And I, and I think it's important even for those who are dating out there in our audience, at least when we're in one relationship, I get to figure some of this stuff, stuff out again. It may, as we evolve and as we change, like some of my stuff that I used to bring to the table doesn't work because my husband's evolved as well. But, mm -hmm. um, 
you know, some of that s- stuff when we're entering new relationships, that even may change depending on the person that you're working with or dealing with, because they are going to be responsive to how, what you bring to the, the table differently. So I don't like to call all baggage bad. You know, sometimes how we communicate um, is effective in one circumstance and it's not in the other. But what was some of that early stuff, you know, around some of these breaking points, just in how you communicated frustration and struggles and when you were really up against the wall that you realized I have to do differently in order for us to get through this period together, you know, and yes, yes. Stay united in it. I almost feel like my baggage was almost like a lack of some things, you know, my, Mm. my husband, it's almost like you and your husband are the reverse of my husband and I, where my husband can form an opinion and fight to the nail on it in (laughs) 0.5 seconds. He comes from a whole family lineage of debaters and Mm -hmm. an extreme level of stubbornness. And they, they are aware of this. Most of them are aware of this and they own it Mm -hmm. and they're fine with it. Um, Mm -hmm. But they're never wrong. (laughs) But I, my, why I say my lack of, (laughs) right. My lack of baggage though, was I, didn't know how to stand up to that or to just play at that level where mm. the the Hegna family, you were just kind of born into that. And so that's just how they operated. That's how they communicated. And I didn't, you know, know how to. So my baggage was almost like I didn't have, you know, the confidence or um, I, I guess I would really bring it down to the confidence and, and just the self-awareness and the faith and trust in myself to just put myself out there and speak how I feel about a situation, you know, my opinion, what I want to do or a situation to change. And so for us to communicate effectively, we had to adjust how we were going to meet in the middle because we had Mm. such polar opposite methods. But as much as I poke fun, I I really love my in-laws. I am very lucky to have that family. Um, as not part of my own but I grew up in a household differently where my dad was truly like that patriarch of the family like you spoke when spoken to I mean I had a great childhood I'm very very um, blessed for that as well but it was very much like my dad was the man of the house kind of thing and I honestly didn't see all the time the same level of communication or debate amongst family members like I was introduced to in my husband's family and so I just didn't know how to do it, you know, and I didn't know um, that I could just put myself out there and then see where that communication rolls from there. Yeah. So when he would speak and be direct about what he wants and what he needs, if it came up against something that you wanted, I I often call it even a needs conflict in relationships. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily that any partner's right or wrong. Sometimes they're just needs conflicts. Early on, it was really hard for you to counter that and say, but I have an idea, but I have this other need that needs to be met. And it would result in you staying more quiet about it or just saying, okay, I have to buy into your idea. That or I I needed time, you know, so when Mm -hmm. he, he could, again, have that opinion formed quite quickly, I needed to reflect on it just a, a bit longer than that to make sure I was good about how I felt about it or you know, I, I have a lot of perfectionism in me where I needed to make sure I knew as much information and considered as many perspectives and facts as mm. possible to form, you know, how I really feel. 
and he just didn't feel really need that time mm-hmm. in it. That makes yep. sense that yep. you needed that time to really think it through, yep. which a lot of value in that. <laughs> I think <laughs> so. Too. That's the strength that you bring to the relationship as well. So, um, and I bet a lot of listeners actually really relate to that, that aspect of, if I don't feel really good about this. I have trouble just speaking out about it. Um, has that evolved for you throughout the marriage? Both Ab- maybe feeling absolutely. a little less timid, but also being able to come to your conclusions and your values and your ideas more quickly? Absolutely. And I think a lot of it, because we started our relationship so young, I was still growing up. Um, my husband's family had dealt with various things where I I learned a lot from them and from him. Um, but he, I just felt like he was already much further along in self-awareness mm. and confidence than I was. And so I just still felt young. And so at a certain point, you know, I had those revelations and I really was connecting the dots on who I was. And we are, you know, blessed and and lucky. We were intentional on important things early on in our relationship, but Mm. we grew together and I grew to the point where now my husband might say, gosh, remember when you were the quiet one or, you know, we (laughs) we didn't have to talk about this stuff (laughs) as much. Yeah. Um, so absolutely. I, I think it's it's just pointing to growing up and really growing into yourself and owning who you are and being really confident in in that skin. Um, and, and then we we worked through all of those things together. I, I'm so glad you bring some of that up because I feel like that is such an important piece of any foundation, you know, I I even say with team sports, you know, it doesn't matter what kind of group setting you're in. There's a certain element of personal responsibility of being the strongest version of yourself that you can be to bring that to the table. The differences are necessary. It's not just that they can be tolerated or that we can work with them. Differences in personalities are so necessary to really have a strong team. Um, However, how do we strengthen those so that they're an asset? And what were some of the major players in your life who you feel, or even whether it's people or instances that really helped you grow and develop in that arena so that when you were able to come back home to your husband and to your family and to your you know, even now your, your employees and, and your clients, um, you're able to come to them with a a stronger, more assertive version of yourself. Several things I think, and some of them are a little bit funny, but my husband grew up watching a lot of movies and I've come to really enjoy movies. And so just a look at other perspectives or other ways, things like relationships might look and how they work differently than how we were raised. So like I said, um, our marriage works different than how we saw our parents' marriages. Um, you know, for example, both of us had moms that stayed home with us and, and things like that. But mm. movies, and I should say TV shows too, we saw how other families worked, other dynamics where maybe, you know, the mom is the breadwinner, which is very similar to what our situation has been with our careers and things like that, or where, you know, the dad is kind of the primary parent for the kids. And so it was very influential to see Mm -hmm. other ways these things could work um, that maybe we didn't see in our own personal lives. And, you know, again, kind of small town, Northern Minnesota, things like that. Um, We, we saw a lot there, especially, um, or not 
especially to that small town, but just kind of broadly, we could also learn from other couples of the, like what not to do, um, you know, other family, <laughs> friends, people that we just kind of knew, um, you know, we would learn by observation or, or things like that of, well, we're not going to do it that way, or, you know, that doesn't feel good, or that's not us and, and that sort of thing. So it's hard to pinpoint, yes. you know, like these were our role models and told us how to do it. You know, we didn't really have that. But we we have very similar, you know, values where we want to end up on our journey, you know, kind of our mission and, and that sort of thing, how we want to raise our kids. We knew all of that so early. And then we would just sort of see examples of, you know, how that how that could work. Um, I will say, like, even though our marriage looks different than our parents, both of our parents were together for a very long time. Harlan's dad has now passed, but they were together for 50-ish years, married for about 50 years. Wow. Um, my parents are going on 40 years together. And wow. that's not so to say that you had that role modeling of working through the harder seasons and the enduring. Yes. Absolutely. Do you feel like that helped? Absolutely. Because, you know, there, there are times where you think again, at least I thought you become an adult and you get married and then your life just works for Jeez. you. And, and not that it's like easy, but I definitely thought that you just had it figured out. And so you just go through, you know, the motions that way. Um, but it's actually harder to be an adult than a child. So that's one thing I wish I could tell my former self, like enjoy, <laughs> yeah. enjoy childhood. Um, it's not the getting married. It's the staying married. <laughs> <laughs> so, so seeing their marriage and how, you know, different than ours, but still, the things that really stuck are, you know, the same, you know, values and respect for each other and things like that, where life mm. is always going to throw you those curveballs and you figure it out together. Even if you're not always on the same page initially, yes. somehow you end up back on the same page because that's how these marriages work out. With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com insights. Yes, that so a little bit of just knowing when you're not on the same page, when things are hard, you know, when you go through long periods of not feeling aligned, there's an element of safety in it still. There's an element of this is normal, this is okay, this, you know, this doesn't have to mean the end of our relationship or this is unresolvable. There's an element of endurance and trust and safety that this is just a hard season and acknowledging it as just that and and leaving it as that you know it's not something that you have to keep having the same conversation on repeat because you just already know mm. yep it's this season and and this is why but there have been times too where going to what you said so perfectly i mean having the faith and trust in the relationship kind of as as an entity knowing that it's going to work out because enough of the important things are still very much aligned and on the same page. This mm. is just kind of like a new, what's the scientific word for like a new variable that kind of comes into play. And now if we were 
computer programs or something, we'd have to go back and figure out, oh, okay, do we have a formula for this? Yes, no. Right. Yes, we know what to do and we just stay on the same page and we conquer it easy peasy. But then other things, it's like, well, we haven't dealt with this before. I mean, our parenting journey, you know, started out with, hey, we're brand new parents. Hey, you're going to have two babies at the same time. The hospital just lets you take them away, by the way. Anyone that hasn't had a kid yet, like you spend your couple days and then you get in your car and drive away and it's the most you're like, oh my God. surreal thing ever. But then <laughs> yeah. we had premature babies had on top of that. And so, you know, we we had enough aligned plan. through that. But who plans to have surprise twins that come two months early? You know, you just can't pretend yes. or even think that you would have to plan for that type of stuff that kind of thing. I mean, yeah, even just the logistics of all that. I, you know, remember little bits of the, you know, you plan to take time off and you plan to have leave and you plan to take turns with your partner. And again, you had no family around. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, even even, we know now that even without family around, you could have friends babysit here and there, but kids don't know. They, people work long hours. And so even if you're comfortable leaving them with someone, they, you know, the kids don't, aren't comfortable. They don't know those people. And so it's just, it's a whole different kind of experience trying to do all of that, but then for them to come early months early, yes, it threw, it throws your work plans. It throws your role plans. It throws everything out the door and you two have to figure out quickly how to make that happen. Um, pretty much overnight. Uh, yeah. As it turns out. Yes. Overnight sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you have to decide, but you said something really, really important. Um, you know, maybe you could highlight just a few examples But early on in the relationship, one thing that was a little different is it sounded like you two got very aligned about your values Mm -hmm. and your mission and your, and I think one of those was we're going to support each other. We're going to be there for each other no matter what, which is huge. It's coming back to, hey, we're each other's home for one another, which is so, so important. Um, And then the second piece of it is... Uh, some of these values and this mission and why are we doing it all together? Why, why, why would we continue this fight together when we have so many different views or we're having such a hard time or this is just, you know, what, what were some of those things that you two have been maybe specifically able to fall back on when the getting through it is brutal? We are so blessed. I reflect on this all the time. And I didn't even know what it was when it was happening back then. But they were just really important things that struck to me that I've maybe now made more sense of. Even going back to the confidence that Harlan had early on um, and still has. But, you know, going back to the green jeans days and that telling me, like, this person has confidence as I got to know him more, uh, you know, a few years later, I I think I call them this, um, but he's a dreamer, you know, he has these big dreams and aspirations and he believes in them with such intensity that, that it's really possible, you know, that it can really happen. And it really unlocked that part of me as well. And so I actually feel like that is a huge Mm -hmm value, I guess, or just something that we really have in common that makes our relationship work so comfortably with that. Because we both believe that if you want to do something, not that it's going to be easy, and it's just going to be a given to you. But it's actually truly possible. 
we don't have to live in a box. Yeah. That was one thing about, um, you know, some of our families for generations is that, you know, you kind of grew up and you got trained to do a job, whether that was college or not, you learned how to do it. And then you worked and you lived within your means. And then that's kind of where comfort was and what um, familiarity was. And we just mm-hmm. kind of stepped way far over that line and started saying, well, we're going to make <laughs> movies and we're going to live in California and just create a life and we're going to figure it out. You know, I remember, I think, telling my dad at one point, mm-hmm. I, I hope it's hard. And I still believe that I want my kids to have pain and uncomfortable situations mm-hmm. because you learn so much through that. One of the things I love to talk about is actually failure and pushing yourself. We call it yes. form failure in the gym. But I read a quote the other day that I'm huh. totally going to butcher, but um, failure is on purpose in a lot of ways. Success is kind of lucky you because you don't really know with success if if there was any challenge that you had to overcome or could have overcome. Whereas with failure, you kind of know exactly where you are and, and now you learn and you grow from that point. Yes. And because Harlan mm-hmm. and I both ventured into adulthood knowing that that could happen and we're just going to get through it because we're just going to, and we're going to keep going. Mm -hmm. And so for me to come to him with all these dreams and ideas, I mean, I have things that I talk about in retirement, I'm going to own a Christmas tree farm. And, and I think he and many of my family members now know, like, she's probably going to do it. Oh, she's she's probably going to do that. Get on on the train because it's happening. (laughs) Um, but, but for, for Harlan as well, you know, like we, we've supported each other at different times, you know, that was one thing of like, okay, whose, whose dream is on right now. Um, and so what brought us to California initially was for Harlan's career in film and television. Um, and then as we, you know, through life and all the other changes, getting back to Minnesota and finding burn camp, and I've always had this entrepreneurial drive, you know, now it was kind of my mm-hmm. term to dream, not that he stopped dreaming, but in making all of this work together, that was one thing that um, we, we talked about it and, and sort of decided, okay, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's my turn now um, for my dream. Yeah, so- how do you decide some of that when there is a bit of a needs conflict or when one, one of your dreams and aspirations does bump up against the logistics of yep. another? I mean, even you talking about challenges and things being hard, I think of burn, you know, YouTube buying into this franchise and then COVID happening yep. here. It's, you know, the setup that you have to pivot in big ways, but yeah. How do you work through those challenges of coming up against each other's passions and, and kind of divide and conquer in that way, because it does require, we haven't talked a lot about sacrifice, but it takes knowing, enduring certain parts of these seasons and these phases of your life where one of you has to sacrifice because the other one benefiting ultimately is going to benefit you. Yes. It's really hard to, to hold that um, knowingness in the moment sometimes. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, sometimes his dreams became my dreams too, you know, and my dreams become mm. his dreams. So in our experience, what we've really had to come to agreement on is priorities. So yes, we have you know, values and our mission. And we both agree that we're dreamers and this is the journey that we're on, but we can't do all the things all at the same time. So it really comes back to those priorities and sort of what can we fit in our day and what are the most important things to fit in our day? 
And so when we get aligned on those things, usually the clear route really presents itself at that point because we've already sort of fleshed out the minor details that says this is in the realm of possibility and this is what's important right now. Um, and that includes everything, even with, with kids. I mean, it'd be one thing if I had a dream to be, mm-hmm. say, like a NASA astronaut, that life would just look different. But if that is something that has always been a dream of mine and now it's our opportunity, but, oh, we have these kids now, our collective values and, and things would point to those priorities and those opportunities when they present themselves and just that underlying mm-hmm. agreement that that's the path we're going to do and it's for it's for our family unit because kind of like you said, what what is one person's dream or their strengths or their giftings or their needs being met is what's the best thing for our whole family too. So it's not just about that one person, but it also works for the family unit as well. So holding that in mind, including for your family, what's in the best interest of your children as well. Absolutely. You know, where is the sacrifice too much? Where is it? Is it manageable? Um, if it's time sensitive, knowing some of those things. I've t- I talked to so many moms about who have young children, and say, you know, remember this is this is three to five years, and then that's going to be over, and some of these new things will be able to open up. So understanding kind of the season that your family's in, but I love that you say that that idea of really coming back to your values. Mm-hmm. And then taking kind of an inventory of everyone's needs and what really fits your family. Instead of saying, oh, that I'm just shoving off everyone's goals and aspirations. And again, kids who are older and are in sports and want to do piano lessons and want to do all these other things. And they start to add into the dynamic, their passions and needs and how that pulls from yours and, and may become a new conflict with yours and your husband's. That idea of taking that collective what can we do here and now in the context of our whole family? Um, because when your kids are are doing well and, and ex- exploring their passions, they are contributing a happier and healthier version of themselves to the family, a stronger version of themselves to the family when you're pursuing some of these things. But instead of saying, pushing away these aspirations, you sometimes it may just mean it, tabling yes. them. You don't have the Christmas tree farm yes. yet. Yes, yes. <laughs> But it's on the list. It's <laughs> it's not the season for it. But that idea of holding everyone's dreams in the situation as valuable and important is one of the core values, it sounds like. Absolutely. Because, family. you know, so he might have dreams that are different than mine, but also part of our dreams include doing life together. You know, so that's the connection, you know. I'm a very independent mm-hmm. person, and I think that's one of the things that Harlan saw in me as well at a young age. And so there mm-hmm. are things about each other that we, you know, fell in love with and that we also value. But part of my dreams is having a family, you know, having a partner in life and having kids and having good relationships with them. And he also values that, you know, for himself as well. And so we mm-hmm. connect on doing that together. And so that really goes back to, you know, if it's his turn for the dream or my turn for my idea of the dream, it's still our family dream at that point. Like that's what we're doing together. Yes. Yeah. And coming back to, and I love that you said this, I've absolutely experienced it as well. There were 
points in in our marriage and and the relationship where the needs conflict was really heavy. <laughs> it was really really hard. I was feeling the sacrifice. I know my spouse has also felt those those periods of time where I'm like, hang on, just a little longer, this will pay off. Um, and if it doesn't, I, we had to try it. Yep. We had to know. Um, yep. And which also happens sometimes, and that's hard, um, but uh, we learn from it. And I think that's one thing that we both, I love that you said that sometimes, one, we learn from those things that either both work and don't work, and we both grow from it accidentally. Mm-hmm. Um, but also you said we are, our partner's dreams often become our dreams. And there have been so many periods of the relationship in my experience, that were things I would have never aspired to myself. And I absolutely benefited from that were just so exciting or so fun or such a learning experience. Um, So such a growth point for me that I would have never aimed for. And I think that's one thing that you really benefit from being, from riding out some of the storms and some of the hard is recognizing that it's not just you being left behind or you not getting, achieving the things that you want for yourself, that sometimes, you know, when there's that collaboration and those values that are united, um, that you benefit as well when your partner benefits. Absolutely. I mean, when my husband is the best version of himself, whatever that is that gets him to that point, that's benefiting me because now Mm -hmm. I get the best version of him. And that's, you know, probably all the things that I fell in love with and want for my partner and in a partner for me, you know, I want, I have a dream of having a happy husband who loves me. And so if part of what makes that up is for my husband to be happy chasing a certain dream or, you know, some other idea that he might have, if that makes him happy, I benefit from his happiness. Even if whatever his idea is, I don't have an interest in myself. (laughs) I still benefit just like, well, and his full cup can pour into yours. Again, you can't pour from an empty cup and it's such an ironic statement, but that idea that when they're actually fulfilled, then they have so much more strength to pull from to support you. Yeah, absolutely. And it seems counterintuitive. Oh, and I, I, I talked to so many couples. I think that's one thing that's inspired me more than ever is um, I, I remember this woman telling me, you know, when you are just having the, you're both are at each other's throats, and you're having the worst day ever and you're just exhausted and you just, you're at your wits end. Ask your partner how you can help them. <laughs> and I was like, F you. I know. He's <laughs> like, what? <laughs> so tired. <laughs> how can he help me? I'm so tired. I'm so broken. I'm so burnt out. <laughs> how is that going to help me at all? <laughs> I love that advice. Wisest word. Yes, I know. <laughs> Wisest you have word. You think about it though. Because <laughs> it is, it, it does two things. It shows you you're capable of giving even more than you think. Okay. I am so much stronger that I can do it. I can do a little more. And in doing that, it just comes back tenfold. And you always hear that about giving and about people who are really stingy with their money and they hold on to their money and they're so, you know, frugal or worried about. I don't think being frugal is still a good thing, but um, you know, just really hold their money tight uh, versus those who really just come from that mindset of abundance and it will come back to me with whether it's love or it's money yep. or if it's gifts or if it's time. Um and it it pays it it pays back tenfold, not always right away, um, but if it's really coming from a good place and from an authentic place, yeah. And 
you just named that, that idea of if you move it away from this idea of I'm sacrificing right now to that idea of intention and I'm supporting and I am investing in right now, um, that payoff will be worth it. Absolutely. Yep. You just have Um, to flip that script. Circumstances. Mm -hmm that payoff will be worth it. I do a lot of work in the narcissism department, so I'll have to teach. I may have to do a workshop on the discernment (laughs) because it's it's a little bit of a different dynamic when you're working with someone who just sucks you dry all the time. But I think most people know in their guts, there's a, there's a difference. There's, you can feel the difference between really investing in your partner who then is able to love you in a way um, that, that you really need as well versus someone who just says thanks and then they take it off and pour it into other people's cups or you know into their own cup again yeah but i think that's such a great lesson so you know when it comes to uh this version of yourself that you've learned to evolve into in order to uh bring that stronger version to the table even when it's really hard, what have you found that you like most about, about her now? What, what's made it worth it for you? I think it really came clear, became clear when I realized that everything about me really is my superpower. I am a unique person and my gifts and my strengths are what make me be me. And I really like them. So why wouldn't I just want to be that person all the time. I even relate it back to, I was applying for a job. Um, and I asked my, my, who would be my boss. I said, what is your management style? And she had to think about it for a little bit. She said, well, I guess it's a hard question because I'm just me all the time. And putting the job part aside in my head, I was like, you can do that. Like you can just be yourself (laughs) at work and at home and at everywhere. And honestly, I was, you know, almost, I think I was like 28 or 29 years old when I learned that. So again, things I wish I could tell myself at like 15 to 18 years old, you know, that you can just show up as yourself and you are worthy of love and respect and anything you want to go after in your life. You know, you can, and you just own those gifts and those strengths and you learn how to play them is really what it is. So you find where those gifts and those strengths really fit. And that is a personal journey, but it's also how you show up as a partner Mm -hmm. for someone else is knowing that those gifts and those strengths are actually quite attractive to a somebody out there that's going to to be a partner. And so why not just show up as that person? And then when you find that partner and they love you for that person, it's like winning lottery for life at that point because now you have someone that genuinely loves you for who you are and and you don't have to change yourself to earn that love or respect. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and I and I tell so many clients too we we talk a lot about like how do I begin doing some of that and it's a lot of times it's starting with what you're not. <laughs> it's saying this is I know what I definitely am not and owning that and recognizing that that if you're not a Vikings fan <laughs> that's it's not going to work out pretending because you're going to end up in a relationship and you're going to be going to a lot of games. Yeah, I actually I really don't think I would have been accepted into the family if I was well it would have been okay oh. if I wasn't necessarily a Vikings fan because I would have been taught how to be, which I partially was. I wasn't as crazy of a yeah. fan as I am now. Um, but I don't think we could yeah, have gotten yeah. married if I was a Packers fan. 
I, I don't think it would have worked. Oh, <laughs> it wouldn't have worked out. <laughs> it would, would have been a major yes. issue. <laughs> yeah. And again, we learn from our partners and we evolve with our partners. Sometimes there are definitely aspects of, you know, I wasn't interested in soccer and I've evolved into appreciating yeah. it for sure as yes. a sport, but <laughs> you, you start to realize, yeah, that, but that's a, such a good advice that coming back to yourself. So it's, it's even coming back to your own personal yes. values yes. right away and, and knowing who you are and where you stand and what you aspire to be and, and your own personal mission. And can this person support that and understand that and align with me on some of that? Because again, you're not just doing marriage together, you're doing business mm-hmm. together, which I talk about all the time. It really marriage is its it own is. business. It's, you're still managing finances, logistics, a schedule. It's its, its own <laughs> with kids entity you gotta... that you need to take care of and manage. Yeah, the love only goes so far. <laughs> love only makes it so far. I mean, I've loved a lot of people. They yeah, do not want to go in business. Well, and <laughs> if only it was so easy as just having love, you know, that only gets yeah. you so far. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. You got to like each other a yep. little, and then you've got to be able to really work through and yep. communicate um, some of the bigger stuff together and come back to that and evolve in that flexibility uh, together. So I think this has been really, really helpful. Well, thank you so much, Tina. Um, it is time for us to, to bring this to a close. But uh, I want to thank you again for joining me. This was so valuable uh, for me and listeners. And uh, for those interested in checking out Burn Bootcamp and uh, finding you um, personally, um, how can they, I know Burn is pretty big. How can they, how can they find you guys? So Burn Bootcamp has over 350 locations across the country. And what's really cool is that, well, a couple, lots of things are, are amazing about the company and about our gyms. Um, but you can use your membership at any of the locations. So once you're a Burn member, you can visit any other Burn Bootcamp location and that's just included in your membership. Um, but to even get started, everyone oh, can start yeah. with a free week to really try us out and see how we can fit into your goals and your journey and your routine and, and everything else. So that is um, a really special thing as well. So we uh, we've got social media. Awesome. Um, each location has its own social media pages on Instagram and Facebook. And then, of course, I post about it all the time. I pretty much post about Burn Boot Camp and my kids and really just all my other kind of passions or things that really speak to me or sometimes they're funny memes yeah. that I want to share. Um, anyway, so Instagram is where I do most of What's that. Instagram um, at, at Tina Hegna. Okay, okay. And then, uh, and then you, are you guys offering any specials locally? Are your camps? We do throughout the year. We'll have different challenges throughout the year. So we just finished our kind of new year's promotion. Um, but usually we do three, if not more throughout the year, and we're really involved in our communities as well. So that's the other fun thing is our local communities. We love to show up, you know, in the parade or we'll do what we call pop-up camps, you know, at festivals or farmers markets and, we work with the schools oh, nice. and other businesses and that sort of thing. So we really try to get really integrated into the community because what's important to the community is important to us, you know, vice versa. So um, th- those would be the other ways yeah, to get to you are the community. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's awesome. That's awesome. So check Tina out and hopefully I will be able to say she is a busy woman. She is hard to get a hold of, but as you've heard, but um, I would love to have you back on the show yes, in the future. And in the meantime, uh, 
this was a lot of fun and uh, just such valuable, such a valuable conversation. I think listeners will really benefit from. So um, to you all out there, thank you so much for listening today. It was so good connecting with you all in the audience. And um, it is personal. These are how relationships form. This is how we learn and grow from one another. And if you'd like to stay in touch, you can always follow me at Lift Therapy. And I look forward to talking to you all next time. Thank you so much, Tina. I hope that episode was helpful. Hey, listen, if you want to share your singlehood journey, if you've gone somewhere, come back. If you have revelations and wisdom, please share your story. It's going to help other people. Nothing makes us feel more connected than hearing other people's stories. So just send me the audio of your story and you can just record it directly from your phone and email it to theangrytherapist at gmail.com. Also, if you want our Single on Purpose newsletter, go to singleonpurpose.life. That's singleonpurpose.life. You will get tools and articles and other people's stories and also uh, Zoom links to private gathers. So if you want to join our community, go to singleonpurpose.life. Thank you for listening. Be well. We hope you tell a friend. Hey, before you go, I want to invite you to the Single on Purpose private community online. It's off of social media, no ads, no algorithms. We got forums, we got live groups, we got webinars, and we have social hangs. We also have offline in-person hangs happening soon. So check us out. Go to singleonpurpose.life. That's singleonpurpose.life, and I will see you inside.